Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Amen. Thank you so much. And I praise the Lord for Calvary. I was sitting there thinking about how many people don't appreciate Calvary. They've never appropriated it. They've never seen their need for it. But I'll tell you what, when you see your need for it, you'll appreciate it. You'll thank God forever for his sacrifice and what he's done. Isn't that right? And there may be certain sacrifices God is calling on us to make, but yet here we are. Uh, God wants us to see that we're doing what we're doing from our hearts as unto the Lord. And I think about what it means to walk in the steps of our Savior. And I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Just write some things down, if you will. Just kind of an overview of certain specifics about the Lord and what He's done for us. This morning I talked from John chapter 18 about Jesus and why He was here. He knew that. He knew there was a time, he knew all things, and he knew that in order to live, he had to die. To die was to live. And so, out of that, think about what we all enjoy tonight because of Calvary, because of his sacrifice, because of the good grace of God. It's amazing when we come to Hebrews chapter 4 here, what we read about Christ in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Make it known. Fly your colors high is the thought here. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but with all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us, let us, we, the people of God, we who know the Lord, we who have seen Him work in our lives. The Bible says that we have a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities there in verse 15. Underline the word touched. And I want you to make that as our first point tonight about Christ. Christ was touched. He was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The thought is that Jesus felt sympathy for us. He experienced things firsthand in his humanity, in his life experience walking upon this earth that would create an empathy within him and ability to show sympathy toward or even pity to be able to have compassion upon. I think about how the Bible speaks of becoming more like Christ, conformed into His image, walking in His steps. Well, that's the goal of God for every child of God. And that's our goal. Lord, make me more like You. So if we're going to walk in the steps of Christ, think of this one who is touched with so many things so that he could have so much compassion upon others, are we not at times going to be touched with things that would create within us, if we deal with them in faith, 
a tenderness, a sympathy, a compassion toward others? Is God not going to touch our lives through troubles and trials so that he might through us touch other people's lives? That's what he did with Christ here. No wonder, he says, we with great courage and confidence can come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy there in verse 16, that we may lay hold of the mercies of God and find this grace to help in time of need. We can come knowing that God knows who we are, where we are, and what we're facing, what we're carrying, what we're holding in our hearts, what is hurting us deeply at a depth that only our Savior can appreciate. He was touched with a feeling of our infirmities, our worries in that regard, our wounds, our hardships is a thought here. It says he was also in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. It doesn't say he was tempted by every sin, but in all points, the, the lust of the flesh, or the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In all points, there was some way that he was tempted and enticed, but yet he chose not to yield. Now we know in the divinity of Christ, he could not have yielded. Thank God for that. He knew no sin, but in his humanity, he was enticed. He was tempted. And so he allowed that to happen so he could empathize with us, so that he could show compassion upon us when we're being enticed. The word enticed has the thought of being drawn away from something or someone to something or someone else. And so when the enticements come, that's when we have an adversary who's trying to ensnare and entangle us. Well, Jesus has a heart for us. In those times, it's a heart for us when we are facing the troubles of life. The Bible says in the chapter 5 and verse 1 For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now, speaking of these earthly high priests, sanctioned, ordered, anointed by God, who ha can have compassion on the ignorant, those who don't know better, those who don't know God, those who don't know what is right sometimes or don't know how to deal with temptation or know how to deal with fault and failure in their lives, who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, those who are just, they have no clue. They've never been taught what is right. They're not walking in the path of truth. Who are we to look upon someone and think that we're superior to them because we were taught the right way and we had people who loved us and loved the Lord and put us on that path and then we look at others and say, wow, look at that person. I wonder what they did, what decision they made to bring upon such sadness in their lives. God help us to not have that self-righteous look upon others. What have we done if God allowed the full consequence to come to bear that we might be carrying tonight? But for the grace of God, there go I. God only knows where any of us would be tonight apart from His grace. So let's not get lifted up in our own self-righteousness. We have none. 
When you're right with God, when you're in the presence of God, when you're before the throne of God, you come in His name, by His grace, through His righteousness, not that of your own. You recognize that you don't have any to offer. And so those who are interceding on behalf of others, the Bible's speaking of here, well, they can have compassion upon them for that He Himself, the last part of verse 2, is also compassed with infirmity, surrounded with his own weaknesses and feebleness of body or mind is the thought. He has his own weaknesses. You have your own. I have my own. We all come short, right? And so because we know that God has been compassionate to us in our faults, in our failures, that motivates us to show compassion upon others. I wonder how God in his kindness to us tonight at times allows us to stumble. It's not that he wants us to, but it's that we won't learn it any other way, it seems. We're so hard-hearted, hard-headed, and it's like we're bound to determine I'm going to go my way and do my thing, and God in his kindness just allows things to bear down upon us to get our attention, but to show us his heart. We've heard it said, God doesn't really need us, and, and we know that technically speaking, He doesn't. But here's what I've learned. God doesn't so much need me. He's God. I mean, He can do anything, right? He may not need me in that sense, but He wants me. He wants me. He wants me as his child. He wants me as his servant. He wants me to fellowship with him. He wants me to trust him, to lean on him. He wants me to yield to him that he might show himself strong on my behalf to me and through me, that he might give me a heart of compassion for others as he's had a heart of compassion upon me. Then I recognize that, wow, look what God has done for me. Surely the bowels of compassion deep within my own heart and life can be given toward others. That's the heart of our high priest. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities because we're compassed with them. We're surrounded with them. Isn't that right? But yet when we look to the Lord, he comes alongside and reassures. He comes alongside and he helps us. He strengthens us. He gives us that grace and that mercy that we need when we need it. He is faithful. Aren't you grateful for that? So what is God allowing you to be touched with tonight? Now deal with it in faith because if you don't, you'll harm yourself. Well, what, what is this? Why is this? I don't deserve this. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I asked for. I mean, where did this come from, Lord? Deal with it in faith. Submit yourself to God. Allow God to touch your life. Allow God to teach you. Allow God to work in your heart so that you can have not only His heart, but you can show His heart toward others. Others who are stumbling. Others who are blinded or bound. The Bible says in chapter 5 and verse 2, they don't know what to do. They don't know any better at times. They're blinded. They're bound even. Oh, love them. Pray for them. Oh, have a heart. Keep your heart right with God and toward others in their time of need. You know, the Bible says that 
that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm so thankful that when I have a need, the Lord doesn't say, well, where have you been? What are you doing? What do you think you're doing? All right, well, if you're going to do that, just go on. I don't care about you. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't look at us and say that? Because sure, I sure felt that way before. See, that, that's the humanity that's in us. I'm thankful that Jesus didn't come down on the side of the human. He came, came down on the side of the divine in that regard. And he's ready and willing to forgive, to show compassion. The thought is to come alongside of. Think about that. To have compassion on, to demonstrate it, to show it. Your hurt in my heart. Compassion. Has God touched your life with some trouble or trial? Well, surely to some degree has us all tonight. How have you responded to that? You say, well, I don't know. What do you mean? How have you responded to that? Because here's how you'll know. Either you're hardened toward that situation, toward that dynamic in your life, or toward the Lord, or you're humbled. Lord, help me to help this person, to help this situation. Lord, may my heart be tender toward you. I'm glad he kept his heart tender toward me because if anyone has been disappointed, it's not me and him. It's him in me. I have surely come short time and time again but he has a heart to help me. I think if we could realize that, then I'd like to go back and preach on the, the prodigal again and look at it from the father's or that perspective of, it's not that I just want out of this hog pen. It's not that I just want uh, food and shelter and all these type things. It's just that I miss my father. I will arise and go back to my father and I'll humble myself, and I'll take whatever he gives me, and, I, and I'm prepared for him to just remind me of how awful I've been and what I've done, and, and, and I'm just, I'll accept whatever he does if I can just get back to my Father where there is unconditional love. He loves me no matter where I've been and what I've done. He will accept me. Surely he will. I will humble myself and take it on whatever terms. And he came back and he said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And I mean, just let me serve here. And I'll just take whatever. Just help me some way. And the Bible says, but the father said, if you'll study that, but the father said, hey, listen, everybody, my son, he was lost. And now he's found. He was blind. And now he can see he's back home. Let's celebrate. Isn't that amazing? I wonder. Uh, there are many parents here grandparents if you have a child you haven't seen for a long time when you see them isn't that your heart immediately oh it's so good to see you sometimes there's alienation in relationships but yet I'll tell you a parent's heart of love you say what, what keeps you coming back to that dynamic that situation that relationship it's love I just love you we face this, we face the other, but you know what? Many waters cannot quench love. God helping me, I'm going to keep my heart of compassion open. 
The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. I'm not going to stop it up. I'm not going to harden my heart. I'm not going to just cut off the mercies of God in my life. I'm going to humble myself before Him. He was touched. So when I am touched, He can show compassion upon me. He can have a heart to help me. That's the heart attitude. I'm going to keep before God and others. He not only was touched, but noticed here. Notice here back in chapter 2. It's amazing what we read in verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Now think about it. He took on the form of humanity. The Bible says in that sense he was made a little lower than the angels. He came to die, born to die that we might live, crowned with glory and honor that he might by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Underline the word taste here. He was touched and he tasted. He tasted death. The thought is he experienced this. This is what the Father wanted him to experience. I don't know what God is going to call upon you, nor me yet, to experience that will bring him glory and that will cause us to have a heart even more to help others. And understanding insight, I've lived that, I've learned that. I think about examples in the Bible who had to live things. Joseph, Job, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. God called them to be examples, to live certain things. Hosea, I want you to marry this woman who is going to be unfaithful to you. And I want you to do that and the the great sadness and sorrow that you will live in your heart before me and my people will be a testimony to them of how my heart is hurt by their unfaithfulness. Could that be God's will for someone's life? It was for Hosea. What would God call upon any of us tonight to do perhaps and we're like... What is this? What am I going to do with this? I mean, there's some things that God is going to touch us with, but there's some things He's going to cause us to taste. And it won't always be the most pleasant. Sometimes it'll be even bitter. The Bible says Jesus was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Can you imagine the bitterness of that at times, the misunderstanding, the misrepresentation, the false accusation, all that Christ had to bear. I mean, he just loved them. They they misrepresented that. They misunderstood it. They tried to deny it. They tried to deflect it. They tried to destroy it and say, we won't have this man rule over us. And every way they pushed back and they could not see his heart of love. You know, sometimes that's what we'll miss in the Lord, but sometimes we'll miss in another or others will miss in us. If you're going to be like Christ, there's going to be times when people miss your heart of love. Isn't that amazing? They're just going to miss it. They missed it in their day. They just didn't see it. Your heart of love being poured out to them 
It's all about love, and yet for Jesus, they were thinking, no, he's going to try to rule over us. He's trying to be king. Uh, he's trying to tell us that our way of worshiping or believing is not right and trying to replace all of that. I mean, this man's up to no good. We'll have none of him. And they tr totally missed his heart of love for them. And sometimes people misunderstand you. They'll misread you altogether. Sometimes it's not because there's such a fault in you, because... There was no fault in the Lord. We're not sinlessly perfect, but the point is, is your heart may be totally pure toward them, totally pure, and they miss it. They miss it because they're blinded by self-will. Oh, it's amazing to think about that. He tasted death for us. Back in Psalm 69, just turn there quickly. I want you to see this. This is powerful to me as I read this. You know, there are messianic psalms and there are principles that we learn about the Lord in life and then things that talk about Him and, and when He would come before His people. And this is one of those, Psalm 69, even invoked here about Christ and His suffering on the cross. The Bible says in Psalm 69, verse 19, Thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before Thee. I don't know if where this may touch you, but you may be trying to follow the Lord, but now uh, for trying to do right, you're getting reproach. Uh, you're trying to do the honorable thing, and the only thing coming back to you is shame. Think about that. You, you're trying to do all the things that you know is right, even with your fault, your failings, your shortcomings, but in your heart, as best you know, you're doing right before God. But as you're giving love and kindness, long-suffering, forbearance, forgiveness, all those things you're giving, you're getting the exact opposite in return. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Underline that. No one. They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Do you see that? Christ on the cross. Let their table become a snare before them, and that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Now that's amazing here. You see, this is a picture of Christ. And David is praying in the zeal for the Lord. It's like, hey, those who miss it, oftentimes it's a willful missing. It's a willful resistance or resentment that is in their heart. That's the way they felt against Christ. They reproached him and it broke his heart. They missed his heart for them, his heart of love for them. They just missed it altogether. And he said, I'm full of heaviness and sorrow. I look for some to share sympathy, to identify with me, but there was none. See, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He's tasted such disappointment. He knows where we're at. Oh, the bitterness of what we get in return sometimes for what we give out from our heart that is pure before others. Now David, and this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, kicks in here and says in verse 22, Lord, they had an opportunity. They had something given to them that they didn't see, they didn't value because of their own pride and self-righteousness. 
Let their table become a snare before them and that which should have been for their welfare. Would you underline that should have been for their welfare? God was just trying to help them. Jesus was just trying to help them. And I've thought about that as a pastor sometimes. I've just tried to help someone and then it blew up in my face. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Where did that come from? And then the whole thing was turned around on me and I'm like, whoa. How does this happen? I thought, even when I was first saved and serving the Lord, hey, you know what? My family and friends are going to be so thrilled that I'm serving God. Was I wrong about some? Some just didn't want to hear it. Some were like, would you tone it down? Some were like, hey, do you have to talk about Jesus every time we see you? I don't know. He had changed my life, called me to preach. I just truly wanted to serve him with my whole heart. And then it's like, hey, so-and-so just wants you to stop talking like this when you come around because they just don't want to hear it. See, that's the key. They don't want to hear it. Now, at first I thought, well, what's wrong with me? But it wasn't what was wrong with me. They just didn't want to hear what I was saying. It brought conviction, perhaps, or, or remembrance, because I think of the individual it was, used to actually be in church, singing for the Lord even. And then they'd walked away from the Lord. It's like, I don't want to hear this. I don't know what response you might get along life's way. But we see what kind of response Jesus got. Now you think about it. They gave me vinegar to drink. He tasted death. The agonies of rejection. The agonies of all that lead up to such pain. Sorrow. Loss. Death. I don't, I don't know what God's going to touch you with. I don't know what God's going to call on you to taste. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what God is going to say. Now, you've got to deal with this in faith. Remember what Jesus said from John 18 this morning. He said, this is my cup, Peter. Put your sword away. This is my cup. Shall I not drink it? This is what the Father hath prepared for me. I don't know what cup God has prepared for you. I don't know what you'll have to drink. I don't know what you'll have to taste. I don't know what trouble and trial and anguish, even agony of soul and spirit to where you'll wrangle and wrestle with the Lord even and have to come down on the side of saying, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, if you've allowed this to touch my life, I'll deal with it in faith. Lord, if you've allowed me to test, uh, taste this in my life, then I'm going to deal with it in faith. This is my cup, the cup you have for me, Lord. God, help me to deal with it in faith. I want to tell you this. I got saved and I thought, man, I'm going to serve God. As I said, everybody's going to be happy. Everybody's going to cheer me on. It's going to be up, up, up. Let's go. Man, I was so excited about serving the Lord. I can see myself right now walking down the halls and the sidewalk of Piedmont Bible College. I was skipping, literally said, I get to serve God. I get to serve God with my life. Now listen, I came out of tension, trouble, and, and trial, fussing and fighting all the time. And I thought, I don't want to live like that. And praise God, when I got saved, I don't have to. 
I was so thrilled about serving God. I want to serve God with my life. We'll just trust God. Well, what about this? What about, we'll trust God. What, what, I, how, how we gonna, we're just going to trust God. God is with us. God is before us. God will help us. That's all I needed to know. And I thought, well, we're just going to trust God and keep going. Isn't that right? I don't know about you tonight, but I want to encourage you. Just trust God and keep going. You get all worked up, all anxious, all frustrated, aggravated. Sometimes we just live in that ball of gall. And it's like, wow, God help us. So many times we need deliverance not from our circumstances, but from ourselves and our response to what God has allowed to touch our lives, for us to taste. But one last one, and it's found back in 1 Peter. We're familiar with it, many of us. 1 Peter chapter 2. And as you're turning there, I'm thinking, just one other verse I'll read to you. You might want to write the reference down. Psalm 109 and verse 4 said, For my love they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. What can you do when you give love and you don't get it back in return? Just give yourself to God and you through prayer. Commit yourself to Him. See, that's what Jesus did. He committed Himself to the Father. It says, And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Sometimes, can you imagine? Some of us would have never thought that. I mean, my love was pure and I gave it and that's not what I got back. Well, that's what Jesus experienced in 1 Peter chapter 2. The Bible says in verse 21, For even there and two were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. The thought is to write under like a master teacher teaching a student, writing the letters, and then you write up under it. You learn how to make the letters to form them, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. He was reproached, spoken against in a contemptuous way, not valued at all, demonized, falsely accused, in every way dismissed. That's who Jesus was to those that he offered himself to. He came into his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth Righteously. The word committed means to surrender, to yield up, to entrust. And so lastly, I want you to write this. Number one, he was touched. Number two, he tasted. Number three, he trusted. That was it. He entrusted himself to the one who judges righteously. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? We don't always do right. Others don't always do right by us. But God always does right by us. And I'm telling you, you can get your eyes on people who do you wrong or you can get your eyes on the Lord who does you right. And the outcome of your life and your joy and your victory and your blessing in so many ways will rise or fall upon that. Your eyes on those who do you wrong or your eyes on the Lord, the one who does you right. He has never failed me. Others have failed me, but you know what? I probably grieved more over how many times I failed him. And I failed myself. Have you ever failed yourself? See, some, some of us are so full of ourselves. Some of us, no wonder there's pain in the forecast of our lives. 
Because God is going to get us to a place of where we quit pointing the finger. And it's more of like, well, Lord, I know I failed you. What about me? It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. The Bible says he committed himself unto him that judgeth righteously. You know what? I'm just going to give it to God and leave it there. That's what Isaiah 49 says. It's talking about the suffering servant of the Lord. And he says in his humanity, Surely I have spent my strength for naught, and I have labored in vain. The way it looks in the eyes of the world, and the eyes of his own, they rejected him. He was an abject failure. And he expresses that grief in Isaiah 49. You know what? He says, nevertheless, my judgment is with the Lord and my work is with my God. The word judgment means verdict, the judge of all the earth. I'll let him decide if it was right, if it was honorable, when as best I knew I was trying to do what was pleasing to him. I'm just going to let God render the verdict. And it says, if my work is with my God, I will give myself and what I've done is unto the Lord and I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Others might not value, others might not understand. They full, truly cannot appreciate the steps that we take, the shoes that we walk in, and we all heard that if you walked a mile in someone else's shoes. I'll tell you what, if you've had your own troubles and trials, God is trying to tender your heart. He's touching you so that through you, he can touch others to show kindness and sympathy and compassion as they struggle and as they stumble and as they have hard times, as people turn on them, as people misunderstand them or misrepresent them and they're going through that. That's what you face in a fallen world where there is pride that reigns in the heart of every individual apart from the, the saving and sanctifying grace of God. Oh, the Lord wants to touch us and teach us. And oftentimes he'll do that by allowing us to taste some things and oh, how bitter they are. It's like, wow, I never would have thought I'd have to taste this. But look what Jesus had to taste for me. So I'm going to deal with it in faith. And if this is the cup that my Father hath chosen for me, I will drink it. Now I'm telling you, there's some depth to that. It's not a shallow life. It's not a surface life. There's some depth to that. It's a depth of faith and understanding, a faith of commitment that says, you know what, Lord? I believe that you are God, and I believe, I truly believe in my heart that you do all things well. I'm just going to commit myself to you. My life's in your hands. In season, out of season. Received, rejected. Understood, misunderstood. Applauded, uh, vilified. Whatever it may be. I don't know what I'm going to get. So many things I don't want. But yet, if you allow it, let the bitterness of that taste drive me to you, Lord. And develop a compassion for people. Where I can actually look on others that may be opposing me. And the next thing I know, it's like the heart of Jesus. He didn't get hard on the cross. You know what he said? Father, forgive them. Isn't that right? Oh, I remember at times looking at situations and I thought, or 
Lord, I, I love that person. I wish they would know that. They've misunderstood something or they've, you know, just those vain imaginations, we all fight them, right? And sometimes we, we embrace them rather than casting them down. And it's like, I, I hate this. It grieves me to no end. But Lord, I just, I do love them. Help me to keep my heart right. Help me to resist this hardness that could easily set in. Please, God. I've had those moments of tension, of deep trial and crying out to God. You ever been there? You ever been there? Oh, God, help me. And I'm so thankful tonight to tell you that God somehow has always helped because he said, my grace is what? Sufficient for thee, for thee, for you. Whatever I call upon you to, to allow to touch your life or for you to taste, just trust me with it and I'll do right by you. Don't take yourself out from under that hedge or that possibility of what I'm doing, what I've allowed. Don't let it turn you aside or turn you uh, hard, hard within. May it tender you and may you have compassion upon others and just love them and spend your life rather than being hard and harsh and resentful about broken lives or dreams or disappointments or relationships. Just give it to God and go on. Because God is good, and you can trust him. The Bible says he committed himself, he entrusted himself to him that judgeth righteously. May the Lord help us to do right, even when done wrong. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.